MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Monday show for you. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, it was a fun weekend. Boy, the weather was nice around here. You had the NCAA tournament on. Uh, it just kind of felt like spring was in the air, baseball was in the air. We'll, of course, get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, St. Peter's, which it, it's funny, uh, last week was going through the local games and you know, mentioned UConn and Seton Hall, Rutgers, looking for anyone else who was local. And they might as well throw St. Peter's in their local. They won't be around long. And uh, lo and behold, they have become the story of the tournament. So we'll spend some time on them, we'll spend some time in the tournament. Uh, but we'll start here with baseball. Last we talked, it was Thursday. Uh, did a little on the Yankees and Mets season win totals. And boy, things got a little tougher for the Yankees and the Mets since then. And uh, boy, it's just, a, I think this was the tipping point for the Yankees and Yankee fans where they finally start to realize, I think everyone who disagreed with me is finally starting to realize what I've been saying. That is the Yankees just don't care about winning championships. They just don't care about winning championships. They don't care about putting up banners anymore. It is about, you know, they want to win. They want to scrape out their 93-94 wins, get into the playoffs, take their chances, you know, come close and say, hey, better luck. We tried. Better luck next year. Uh, You know, we'll get them next year. We'll be better, blah, blah, blah. They want you to keep showing up, buying the $20 beer, spending 50 bucks to park, and just keep you coming. But they really don't care about winning championships. And I think this weekend – 
It's kind of the nail in the coffin. Trevor Story signed Saturday night, Sunday morning with the Red Sox. Carlos Correa, Friday night into Saturday morning, signs with the Minnesota Twins of all people. I mean, you're losing out on these players to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Freeman, middle of the week last week, went to the Dodgers. And this is a Yankee team that, look, a lot of things, you know, they fell short last year, but a lot of things, believe it or not, went their way last year with uh, Judge staying healthy. Stanton was healthy. I mean, the big issue coming in was pitching and health, starting pitching and health. Their starting pitching was pretty good. I mean, Tyone Cortez... Uh, they gave you some decent years. Cole wasn't vintage Cole, but still, I think he finished second in Cy Young. And like I said, the big two sluggers were healthy. You added Gallo, you added Rizzo, and they still came up short. And after the season, uh, Cashman and Boone both said, you know what? The rest of the league is caught up on us. We need to improve. We need to get better, which I agree with. They did. So you come into an offseason, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, all available all available. Carlos Rodon is a great free agent class. A chance to improve your team with just money. You don't have to give up prospects. I know they're very careful about their prospects. And boy, they're going to shove this Volpe and Peraza down your throat the rest of the year. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to take with the S Network because they're going to just... You know, it's it, If you watch the S Network, you know it's Yankee propaganda. They just they shove it down your throat and they... you know they. Look, they, they work for the network, so I understand it, but they're going to you know, sell you that Volpe and Peraza are the reason they didn't go after these shortstop, and it's a good move, and these kids are going to be basically you know, the next uh, you know, Ruth and Gehrig. So you're going to hear plenty of, uh, of Volpe and Peraza. Just get ready for that. But you had a chance here to improve your team. You could add Correa. Okay, Yankee fans don't like Correa. Nobody likes Correa. Is he a cheater? Absolutely. You know What the Astros did and the way they handled it was a joke, but... You had a chance to get Correa, Story, Seager, Simeon. You had a chance to get a bunch of MVP candidate-type players. You don't have a shortstop. You're starting Kiner Falefa at shortstop. You don't have a catcher anymore. The bottom of your line is going to be terrible. You know, you had a, a chance to really improve this team and, you know, at least add one of these guys. Freddie Freeman, you need another lefty. You know what? I would have loved two of these guys. I think two of these guys would have put you uh, probably the front runner of the division, a clear favorite. With the right two, say you had Freeman and Correa to go with Judge, Stanton, and all these other guys, you're probably the clear favorite. You could use another pitcher. Blue Jays are still really good. But if you added Freeman and Correa to this team, you'd probably be the clear favorite. And what he did, you added a 36-year-old Josh Donaldson who's hurt all the time, hasn't really played in, in really since 2019 was his last full year. And you had Kiner Flayfoot shortstop. I mean, you, it's just it's a joke. It's an absolute joke what the Yankees did. Uh, this offseason, the last kind of bastion of hope was story was Correa fans holding out hope that they were going to get, you know, a Freeman, somebody and, you know, Seager and, uh, and Simeon signed before the lockout back end of November, early December, obviously Scherzer goes to the Mets. So the Yankees, uh, if you're great in the offseason, that's kind of what we're doing here at the Yankees offseason. Uh, you have to give an F. You have to give it. I mean, it's just, it's a joke. Everything's about the luxury tax and staying under the tax. So uh, I mentioned the other day, I still like them to, to get to 93, 94 wins. I do like, uh, Bet Rivers has them at 92 and a half. I do think they'll squeak over the 92 and a half just because of Judge and Stanton and Cole. You know, Rizzo will give them something. Gallo will hit 35 home runs against bad pitching. Uh, they'll beat up on the Orioles in the middle of July like they always do. They'll beat up on the Rangers and the Tigers. They'll get their wins. They'll get their wins. But in terms of winning a title... A lot's going to have to go their way. They're going to need a big, big bounce back from Severino. Severino pitched yesterday in spring training. Didn't pitch well. Got hit hard. He was throwing the ball hard, which 
I guess is all you're worried about. He's healthy. He's throwing the ball hard. You, you live with the rest of it. I guess his location was an issue. You're going to need Severino to be the Severino of you know late 2017, early 2018, when he looked like he was on pace to be one of the best pitchers in baseball and really you know, hasn't been good since, hasn't been healthy since. He was bad second half of 2018 and you know hurt ever since, really. So that's what you're going to need. Uh, like I said, I, I think they'll squeak over the uh, 92 and a half. But in terms of a division, Bet River Sportsbook has the AL East right now with the Jays plus 275 to win the division. I would I would not walk to bet that. I would run to bet that at Bet Rivers right now. Jays plus 275. To me, they are head and shoulders above these other teams. They are they have a good. Uh, I think they'll win this division by a good three four games. I know the Rays are always good. The Rays always piece together you know 90 plus wins with their pitching and their resourcefulness i understand that the red sox can still hit especially in that ballpark you're gonna have story endeavors and martinez uh in that little ballpark they're gonna score a million runs so um if, if we're just looking at the win totals here i obviously i like the jays plus 275 to win the division i think that's a steal i think that's a bad line i would bet that um immediately i think the yankees are significantly um inferior to the blue jays uh, let's just go over the season win totals that are up now at bet rivers because they have been posted here within the last week or so as uh, the lockout ended a couple weeks ago, so starting to get some of these season-long props, some of these you know rookie of the year season win totals. Everything's starting to uh, starting to bloom up like the like the spring flowers. It's starting to uh, you look outside. It's it's warm out. You got baseball over under. So let's take a look at some of these. Rays are 89 and a half wins at Bet River Sportsbook. Yankees 92 and a half wins. Jays 91 and a half wins. I like the over there. The Jays are going to be really good. They got some pitching. They got a great lineup. Uh, you know how I feel about the Jays. The Red Sox plus 450. Yeah, I think that came down. I think they were a little over five to one. That's before story. So uh, plus four fifty after story, and they are eighty four and a half at Bet River Sportsbook. The Orioles one hundred and fifty to one, sixty one and a half wins. But the Orioles, I don't know how you get a ten game improvement out of the Orioles in that division. I think they are going to get run over. So just a terrible weekend for the Yankees. I I, I think it really kind of encapsulates what they've been and you know what everyone a lot of yankee fans you know, let's wait for the next move you know a couple years ago oh, harper maybe machado okay no we'll spend next year nope we'll spend the year after and it's just granted you got call a couple off seasons ago but ever since then it's really you haven't gotten a whole lot else you haven't got and it makes no sense what's the point i agree with them getting cole i i don't want to hear they overpaid you see what these pitchers are getting and you see what the yankees make as a team i don't want to hear that they're overpaying but what was the point of getting Cole if you're not going to back it up with another move? What's the point? You're wasting his prime. You're going to bring him in by himself. He doesn't have, you know, and granted, he, he pitched terribly in the wild card game last year. I don't think he was fully healthy. Fine, I'll grant you that. But what's the point of bringing him in and not backing it up with more, more high-end talent? Not adding a shortstop. Not adding a left-handed hitter. Not adding, you know, a dominant number two starter. What's the point of bringing him in if you're not going to back that move up? These are the prime years. The end of his contract is going to be a disaster. This is what the time to strike on Cole. This is the time to win your World Series, the first three, four years of the contract. You're already into year three of it. And look, they're not winning the World Series this year. This team is not winning the World Series. This team's just not good enough. This is going to be what they've been the last five years. They're going to get in the playoffs. You know, they'll lose at some point, whether it's this new wild card round, whether it's the division round. And they're going to say, you know what? We'll get them next year. We'll be back next year. We'll get better. And they'll give you the same old. Run around. You know, Cashman just got an extension. Boone gets an extension. Everybody just gets extensions. It's just not the same. Not the same since George Steinbrenner passed away. The kids running it. Just, it's just a business to them. It's not life and death. It's not about winning like it was with George. And it's really, it, it's a sad state of affairs here with the Yankees. So uh, they just, you know, it, it, it shows they didn't 
really have any intention of making any significant moves. Josh Donaldson and, and Kiner Falefa are your moves. Congratulations on that. Uh, they did trade Voight. Again, there was no spot for him. But look, somebody's going to get hurt and you can use Voight. Some, we know this about the Yankees. Somebody will get hurt and you would need Voight. Now Voight, who led the league in homers in the, in the shortened season a couple summers ago, hit 20 homers, I think, in 60 games. Now he's on the Padres. They do get Lang back. I believe he's a lefty, fifth or sixth pick in the draft in 2020. I think he's 20 years old. So good arm. You get something for him, but not going to help you this year, most likely. So Yankees, is, it just continues to be about the salary, the luxury tax, staying under this, just counting your pennies and dimes here for a $7 billion franchise. Although I shouldn't say, you know, I, I should take that back a little bit because it's not like they didn't make any moves. As this just came in from... Uh, MLB trade rumors. Let me read this. The Yankees did make a move. This should this should move things. We'll see how this affects the line here at Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, I'm going to read here from MLB trade rumors. The Yankees claim left-hander Yoan Ibar off waivers. The team announced. The Rockies designated Ibar for assignment two days ago in order to clear a 40-man roster spot for Chris Bryant. A longtime member of the Red Sox farm system, Ibar spent his first four pro seasons as an outfielder before converting to pitching in 2018. He has a 5.06 ERA, over 131 innings of minor league work, including a 6.22 ERA over 46 innings with the Rockies AA affiliate in 2021. Oh, nice. As one might expect for a player relatively new to pitching, control has been a particular issue for Ibar as he has a 14.62% walk rate during 131 innings pitch. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Yoan Ibar who apparently just learned what a mound was a couple years ago. He was an outfielder, and they threw him on the mound, and he walks everybody. That's your move. That's who the Yankees picked up. Twins are getting Carlos Correa. The Twins! The Minnesota Twins are getting Carlos Correa. The Red Sox, your rival, get Story. Freeman goes to the Dodgers. The last that, That's the last thing the Dodgers need is another player. But you know what? They want to win. They get, they get Freddie Freeman. A year after getting Scherzer and Bauer and every other guy they have. Mookie Betts. The Yankees claim Yoan Ibar from the Colorado Rockies. You must, you must be kidding me. You must. What a freaking joke this team has become. Again, I, I think they'll claw the way to 93-94 wins. I think they'll get there by the skin of their teeth. But to me, the Jays plus 275 is the bet in the division. Uh, the Mets, we'll, we'll pivot to the Mets here. They didn't do anything over the weekend. Not going to kill them. They had a great offseason. They had Scherzer. They had Bassett. You know, They had Kanha, Marte, Escobar. They got a lot better. But, boy, so did the rest of the NL East. Uh, Jorge Soler, the World Series MVP, goes to the Marlins. Obviously, you have the World Series champ there in the Braves who gets Soroka back, who you know, are going to get Acuna back in the middle of the year. Uh, they signed Kenley Jansen, the former Dodgers closer, to beef up the, what was already a really good bullpen. Now, you don't really trust Jansen, but, again, if he's uh, you know, if he's your seventh, eighth inning guy, that's uh, still, still a plus arm. Um, but now the Phillies add Schwarber middle of the week last year and add Castellanos five years, $100 million. So that's a hell of a lineup. That was a top-heavy team last year, you know, with Harper, Wheeler, not a lot behind it. Nola wasn't great. But now you roll out uh, Schwarber and Castellanos to protect Harper. You figure you get a bounce-back year here from uh, from Bohm, who can really hit. Had a terrible year last year. Sent him down to the minors. Hoskins, that's now a good lineup in a small little ballpark. The Phillies are going to score a million runs. That's a good team. Uh, I mentioned the Braves, obviously the World Series champs. Marlins have a lot of pitching. They had Solaire. Uh, Nationals are rebuilding, so you don't worry about them. So Mets are really good. Uh, that DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, one, two, three, with a, with a really good everyday lineup. I, I would still take them to win the division, but they're going to have their hands filled. The Phillies are not going to be easy to play. Um, 
with that lineup, Wheeler and Nolan. Now, I know Wheeler's dealing with some shoulder, I think, inflammation, discomfort. So that's obviously a concern if you're Philly. Uh, and the Braves are still really good. The Braves are going to line up Morton, Freed, uh, you know, Soroka, Ian Anderson. That's a hell of a four. Plus a good bullpen, plus a good, you know, infield between Olsen, who they traded for, uh, Albies, going to get Acuna back, Swanson. The whole infield hit 30 homers last year, I think 25 homers last year, something like that. Uh, and Riley at third, that Dorno's a, a good hitting catcher. That's a good division. That gets a little better as the Braves get a, a reliever. They're already a really complete team. The Phillies really beef up uh, their lineup, which was needed. And again, the Marlins out of bat. The Nationals you don't worry about. Uh, let's just go through the NL East right here. Bet River Sportsbook. Braves plus 130. Mets plus 135. I like the Mets there a lot. I do think they'll win the division. Phillies plus 450. Marlins 15 to 1. I, I would like them. I would be interested in the shot at the Marlins. I just would need a little more than 15 to 1 just because, you know, I love the pitching. I, I think in terms of a future play, you know, could I see the Marlins winning the World Series in like three years if they have some of these pitchers, if they're able to you know, hold on to them and you know, not deal them all away before they hit, you know, arbitration and free agency. It's not impossible, but I just think in this division this year, yeah, maybe they can get in the playoffs, but the division will be tough. But I, I do like them. They are 76 and a half wins. That one's interesting. Uh, and then the Nats Nationals are 30 to 1. So Braves plus 130, Mets plus 135, Philly plus 450, Marlins 15 to 1, Nats 30 to 1. I like the Mets. Uh, let's go through the season win totals here. Bet Rivers, 89 and a half for the Braves, 89 and a half for the Mets. 84 and a half for the Phillies. You would think with all that talent, that lineup, you'd get over 84 and a half with Philadelphia. Again, I, I'd want to make sure Wheeler's okay because if you're if it's only Nola and you know Ranger Suarez and whoever else, uh, that that's not a really deep team. But you would figure with that top end talent, Rio Muto, Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, you figure you can get 85, you know, 86, 87 wins. You would think. So that's one I'd be interested in the over for the Phillies. Uh, Marlins 76 and a half. I would lean over there too. Like I said, that's a lot of pitching. Again, tough division. So you know, it's hard to go over on all these teams. It, it just the math doesn't work out. Uh, it's just hard to make the math work when you're going over on every single one of these teams. Then the Nationals, uh, 71 and a half. I would go under there. I think if somebody's going to take their lumps, sort of like Baltimore in the American League, if somebody's going to take their lumps in the division. Uh, my guess is that would be Washington. So that's the baseball. Yankees did nothing. Yankees did just. Completely, completely punted on an offseason where they needed to get better. I mean, really, you, you look at the team that made the ALCS in 2017. It was a feel-good upstart team. They were young. They had a 3-2 lead, one game away from going to the World Series. They probably would have won that World Series. Who knows? Losing seven. All right, we'll be back. And they haven't been back. They got to a game six of the ALCS in 2019. But other than that, it's been you know wild card round, division round. It's you know, these guys are starting to get older. Torres hasn't developed like you'd think. Judge is starting to get up there. You're going to have to pay these guys. Sanchez isn't even on the team anymore. It's just these windows close clo uh, These windows close quickly in sports. Just how it goes. So you worry if you're a Yankee fan, you missed your window. Not sure when uh, when the next parade is if you're the Yankees because they just don't have enough talent. They just don't. They have enough talent to get into the mid-90s in terms of wins. But in terms of winning now four series in October, uh, I don't think they have enough. And they missed a big opportunity to add some talent when we come back we'll talk some ncaa tournament st peter's look at the sweet 16 that is next this is new york city cast presented by bet river sportsbook
It's been a trip going to New Jersey to place your online sports bets, but those days are over. Legal online sports betting is now live in New York with BetRivers Sportsbook. Sign up right now. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Get an account and start making your bets right here in New York. You even get up to a $250 match on your first deposit. That's BetRivers Sportsbook. Must be 21. Playable New York only. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Hate to kill the Yankees like that. Uh, it's fun when the Yankees are the Yankees and they're spending money. And the only New York team I root for is the Yankees. And just frustrating because the Yankees you grew up watching and rooting for, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, into the 2000s. It's just not, just not the same way of doing business. But that's the baseball. We move on now to the NCAA tournament when. This time last week, the draw came out, and we're going over, you know, the bracket and the local teams. And, you know, UConn, who we'll get to them in a minute. That was a dismal performance. The uh, the Bloom has come off the, the Hurley Rose here in, uh, in, in a short amount of time. But we were talking about UConn. We were talking about Rutgers, Seton Hall. You know, who else is local? Yale. We touch on that game. And like, oh, yeah, we'll throw St. Peter's in there. They're local. They're New Jersey. You know, they're not going to be around long. They won the MAC. We'll, we'll talk about them for a few minutes. Kentucky will take care of them. And I, I you know, I, a lot of the people I, I read, talk to, said, you know what, this St. Peter's team, watch out. They play defense, but still, you know, they're just so bad on offense that it's just hard for them to to compete with Kentucky. Um, you know, 260th ranked offense in terms of efficiency. I think 264th. And Kentucky, okay, maybe it'll give Kentucky a hard time defensively, but Kentucky's just going to rebound their misses and just dominate with them, with, dominate them with athleticism. And not the case. That game, uh, you know, Kentucky just couldn't pull away. Every time Kentucky got up three or four points, St. Peter would come right back and tie it. St. P- uh, Kentucky would just could never pull away uh, on Thursday night. And St. Peter's now is the story of the tournament. It's it really it's, it's what the tournament's all about. Is a 15 to win a game is just uh, anything you can hope for as one of these small programs. I mean, it's the MAC, it's St. Peter's. To win a game is just as good as it gets. And, and when you win two, when you follow it up and you win a second one, as they did Saturday night where they beat St. Mary's, led the whole game. They were the better team. You know, not dominated the game, but controlled the game. St. Mary's cut it to two or three late, but St. Peter's led throughout. Once you went two and you make it to a sweet 16 as a 15, uh, th- then it becomes an all-time run. Then it becomes an all-timer. This is the, it's the third 15 seed to reach the sweet 16. Gulf Coast did it in 2013. Last year, Oral Roberts did it as a 15. So having it two years in a row does take the luster off it a little bit. Uh, if they could ever win a third game in a row and go to the Elite Eight and win a third game in a row, it's... You know, Maybe the greatest run in the history of the NCAA tournament to have a 15 seed in the Elite Eight, St. Peter's. I don't think it's going to happen. Look, I didn't think they'd beat Kentucky. Uh, I picked Murray State in one of those survivors thing. I'm still ticked off about it because I wanted to root for St. Peter's. I bet St. Peter's plus the points. I thought they'd be in it. I just thought Murray State would beat them. I'm still annoyed because that really two-thirds of the pool picked St. Peter's uh, to lose Saturday night. I'm mad at myself for going that right that route. Uh, but I do think Purdue, uh, who, who held off Texas Sunday night, is going to be a lot to deal with. Ivy's going to be a terrific pro. They got Edie, who, if you haven't seen him, he's about 10 feet tall uh, in the middle for Purdue. Purdue's explosive. Now, they don't guard great. 
you can expose them if if you got uh, some good dribble penetration, some good guards in terms of uh, breaking down your defense. I, I just think St. Peter's going to be totally outmanned in this game. Uh, line open 12 and a half at Bet River Sportsbook. Interested to see where that line will go because people want to root for St. Peter's. People sometimes bet what they want to root for. Remember Cincinnati versus Alabama in the college football playoffs, just one example. Of people are betting Cincinnati, betting Cincinnati. Like, Why would people be betting Cincinnati against Bama? It's like people want to root for Cincy. It's Bama. Nobody likes him. Cincy's the underdog. So, you know, people want to root for St. Peter's. People want to bet St. Peter's. So maybe St. Peter's does get more attention than you might think here. But 12 and a half, I would actually lean towards Lane. I just think Purdue's very explosive and St. Peter's doesn't have that gear that Purdue has. Purdue has an extra gear or two that St. Peter's doesn't have. But hey, you never know. St. Peter's defends the ball, defends really well. Uh, sometimes, look, you, you just get that that karma, that magic. Who knows how long it can last? Sometimes when it wears off, it wears off in a big win. You just end up losing by you know 25 plus points or whatever. So wouldn't be shocked if that happens. But uh, I think we, we are trying to get the St. Peter's coach on Sheena Holloway on this week so maybe I'll, I'll pick st peter's to cover here until he, he does or doesn't come on so I, I would have a hard time imagining st peter's going any further but man what a story what a story and the tournament's great the tournament never disappoints you know it's funny you watch it and the refereeing eh, drives you nuts sometimes all these charge calls a million foul calls the announcers sometimes not great i mean I, if i have to hear another announcer when it's a five-point game like with 15 seconds left and the announcer's like the team with the ball down five doesn't need a three enough they do need a three they need a three and they need a miracle is what they need so the announcers the refs sometimes the strategy these coaches drives you nuts i'll get to uconn in a minute but the product the ncaa tournament product is just it's as good as anything we have i mean thursday afternoon uh until through the weekend it was just as good as anything friday was kind of a dud but thursday was great with richmond upsetting iowa the St. Peter's in overtime game against Kentucky, and that was that was even more impressive than beating Kentucky is, you know, forcing overtime and then outlasting another five minutes. It's one thing to beat them and to just, you know, figure out a way to get it done in 40 minutes, but to extend the game, you figure once you get to overtime, the better team, the more talented team gets their scare, they wake up and they pull away. That, that was impressive how St. Peter's was able to win in overtime. But Thursday night was a great game. You had overtime games, that Murray State-San Francisco game, uh, was just incredible. I don't know how many of you stayed up to watch that. That was basically you know, 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, Thursday and the Friday. So uh, that's the one thing. That's I don't really understand it. It's not a complaint because I love these games. It's just an observation. They backload these games. Now, I know Thursday you have to do it because you, you can't squeeze all the games in. you got a million games. But, like, Sunday night's a perfect example. Last night you only have eight games to play. TCU Arizona tipped off at like 10-15 on Sunday night, and it was an absolutely classic game. TCU should have won the game. They had every opportunity to win the game. Um, let it get away. Down Up three with 12 seconds left. Don't foul, which I never like. Give up a three. Then they get fouled on the other end, but it's not called. Arizona picks it up, runs it in. Looks like for a game-winning layup, but it was you know a split second too late. Anyway, that game ends at like 12-30 at night on a Sunday. I just don't get why they backload these games, but... Uh, just an incredible weekend of basketball. Kind of sad, kind of depressing when it ends because I always think the first, you know, two, first four days of the NCAA tournament is an event. There's nothing like it. Game's on all day, all night. After the first four days, it just becomes a basketball tournament. And, you know, it, it's a little different feel. It's not that, you know, three, four games on at a time. It's just a couple games here and there. I think Thursday and Friday is the last times uh, we even have multiple games on at the same time. I think it's. Two Thursday in the seven o'clock Eastern window, two in the nine o'clock window, 
and then same thing Friday, two at seven, two at you know nine or ten. So uh, only a handful of games left. The brights, the the upside is it's it's more quality than quantity in this round, quality over quantity, as all the games are pretty good. Uh, and, and we'll get to them here in a minute. I could touch on the lines here. Bet River Sportsbook. The Sweet 16 is set. Uh, we'll just start here. Kansas minus 7.5 against Providence. Providence, now who everyone, including me, has claimed, you know what, they're lucky, which they kind of are. They got another break with Richmond losing. But look, they, they took care of Richmond. They took care of South Dakota State, who a lot of people pick. So give credit to Providence. So Kansas minus 7.5 against Providence. Arizona minus 1 against Houston. That should be a hell of a game. Uh, UCLA minus two over UNC, who upset Baylor. Gonzaga minus eight and a half against Arkansas. Chalk held in that bracket as Duke and Texas Tech, the two three uh, meet where Texas Tech's actually minus one. I thought Duke might be the favorite in that one. I was looking to grab Texas Tech plus a couple of points. Uh, Texas Tech's actually laying one. That's interesting because that's just such a contrast in style. Duke's very offensive oriented, got a million pros. Texas Tech is defensive oriented. They struggle to score sometimes. So that's an interesting matchup. Uh, Texas Tech laying a point there. As I mentioned, St. Peter's and Purdue. Purdue laying 12 and a half. I kind of want to lay the points here. I just think Purdue is going to be a lot for St. Peter's. But at the same time, I want to root for St. Peter's, which is not a great way to bet. You don't bet what you want to root for, but I do kind of want to bet. I, I do want to root for St. Peter's. So you know what I, I, I can imagine a lot of people are going to do? And it's not smart. I'm not advising this. I think a lot of people are going to bet St. Peter's on the money line saying, you know what? They're going to win. Uh, you're going to ride, ride the wave kind of thing. Uh, Purdue's, uh, St. Peter's is going to be you know, probably plus 600 on a money line, something like that. I would. They're not going to win the game. Let's just be honest. They're not going to win the game. It'll be a great story. It already is a great story, but they're not beating Purdue. Uh, Iowa and Miami. Iowa State, I should say, in Miami. Miami minus one. Boy, that is a weird Weird Sweet 16 game. The 10 seed Miami against the 11 seed Iowa State. Boy, not a lot of people had that one. That's uh, one of those teams being in the Elite Eight. One of those teams being in the Elite Eight. One of those teams being one game away from a Final Four is really strange. Really strange. And I think I hit on all of them. Oh, Nova minus four and a half. Against the Michigan team, a lot of people said, you know what? They shouldn't be in the tournament. They were disappointing. Juwan Howard should be fired. And here we are a couple weeks later, and they're... Couple games away from a Final Four. We know they have talent. Uh, struggle to defend sometimes. Have a hard time seeing them get past Nova. Wouldn't be shocked though. Wouldn't be shocked. So that's your Sweet Sixteen again. A great weekend of basketball. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. If, if, you know, if you're a college basketball fanatic, Thursday afternoon you get out of work. You know, five o'clock. You turn on the TV. There's games on all night into Friday, Saturday afternoon, Sunday. It's uh becomes exhausting i think we've all seen the commercials the first of all the charles barkley sue bird how many times did we see that commercial enough oh my goodness enough enough with the sue bird commercials in the shades of blue and then the lily from at&t we see that commercial every 10 seconds i mean you see the same ones the samuel jackson commercial oh my god you see the same commercial that's the one downside you got to keep flipping around during these commercials you can't watch them because it's just same ones after another after another it's, it's the same thing but uh just a great weekend of basketball it's a lot of fun enjoyed it st peter's is really uh what we love about the ncaa tournament i mean you would have never in a million years i don't care you could talk about defensive efficiency you could talk about the matchup you could have never imagined st peter's beating kentucky and, and then turn around beating murray state's not a shocker but beating kentucky and then beating Murray State is just uh it's what the it's why we love the tournament. It's what's great about the tournament. Uh, I saw somewhere if you put a hundred on St. Peter's to beat Kentucky 
and then you took your winnings and rolled it over to beat Murray State, both on the money line, you ended up like plus $7,500, something crazy. Again, that's why we love the tournament. UConn, on the other hand, we'll to stick with the local theme, UConn. Uh, look, Hurley has done a good job not turning the program around, but Ollie left it in bad shape. They weren't recruiting well. They were in that dinky conference, the AAC. And Hurley took them to respectability, you know, top 20, top 25 program, getting some better caliber players, getting some pros. They put Book Knight in the NBA. You know, they're starting to get some guys, turn the corner. But, boy, that was a tough loss uh, on Thursday against New Mexico. We told you we liked New Mexico plus the points because UConn just is awful on offense at times. I mean, they, they don't do anything. They set one high screen, and they all stand around and kind of watch, and they puke up some awful shot. It's really bad basketball. So uh, so Hurley's coming under some fire uh, in this area. I know that you know there are people looking to replace him. I don't know who you'd replace him with. I don't think it's to that point. But, look, uh, this is his fourth year. He's going into his fifth year now. Hasn't won an NCAA tournament game. Now, are they better from where they were when he took over? Yeah, they are. But, I mean, I just don't think you're ever – you're never going to get to the point where, where you were with Calhoun, where Calhoun was basically – you know, at one point, UConn had more guys in the NBA than any other school. I don't think you'll ever reach that point with Hurley, with anyone else. The fact that you can compete, get to tournaments, is this is this your new ceiling? Maybe. Maybe, you know, you, you – Get a good year, you catch a couple breaks, you can make a Sweet 16, make an Elite 8. Look, anyone can make an Elite 8 pretty much. I mean, help St. Peter's is in a Sweet 16. We just talked about uh, Miami and Iowa State. One of those teams is going to the Elite 8. So, you know, if you're UConn, if you just get to the dance year after year, you know what, you'll have a run where you can flirt with a Final Four, maybe get get there, you know, once every five years, seven years, something like that. Bracket breaks your way, you get some good pros. But I just don't, I don't know that you're ever going to, you know, return to the level you were with Calhoun. Let me put it this way. I don't think UConn will ever be the number one team in the country ever again. Now, forever is a long time. Forever is a long time. I understand that. But uh, there was a time where UConn was like, can't even compare it to Kentucky because it's hard to, you know, it's hard to even compare them. They were so dominant. If there was a, a top prospect, uh, a top recruit, UConn was either getting that guy or UConn was in that guy's final, you know, three or four teams. Now, how how you how you gone and how Calhoun recruited those guys? That's another conversation. We'll just leave it at that. But he got the players. He got the players, and you know Hurley's getting good players, just not great players. There's a line in Blue Chips, the great movie with with Nick Nolte, where he plays the college coach, basically based on Bob Knight, where uh, Nick Nolte's like, "I need horses." I think he's talking to the, his athletic director, who was played by I think it was Bob Cousy. And Bob Cousy says, you have horses. What you need is thoroughbreds. And that's kind of where UConn's at. They've got horses. They just don't have thoroughbreds right now. So uh, they went out to New Mexico State. New Mexico pretty much led throughout. Uh, Teddy Allen, who was a cocky guy. I mean, he was. He had a lot to say. Very theatrical. Very demonstrative. He put on a show. UConn, an another issue you have with Hurley, UConn refused to double. I think there was a little pride involved. Where he's like, you know what? We're a high major team. This is kind of a mid major team. We don't need to double your mid major star. We can handle it with our guys. And they paid for it because Allen ate them up uh, as UConn one and done once again in the tournament. So UConn eliminated. The one local team is the story of the tournament, and that is St. Peter's, uh, as they will take on Purdue. Those games don't start until Thursday and Friday. And then we get down to the Elite Eight Saturday and Sunday. Before you know it, baseball. Before you know it, NBA playoffs. 
Uh, Nets are in action tonight. They are minus one against Utah. Utah beat up on the Knicks last night. Boy, that line made no sense. It made it made so little sense. Knicks were Knicks were playing the Jazz. Jazz were like minus three and a half, minus four against the Knicks. It, the, the line was so fishy. Sometimes it looks too good to be true. Uh, and I, I was texting somebody. I was like, "This is what's going on with Utah? Why are they only minus four against the Knicks? This looks fishy. I'm staying away. Almost want to take the Knicks in that scenario because you figure something's up." Well, what was up is Utah basically beat the Knicks by 20 points, like you figured they probably would. So Utah, second night of a back-to-back, take on the Nets. Still no Kyrie because it's a home game. Uh, would lean towards the Nets here. The Nets, um, obviously, they'll have Durant. They, yeah, they. I, I should say they need the game. They're still one game ahead of the Hornets here. They are the eight seed. The Hornets are the nine. Should be in good shape to stay in the play in here. Uh, no chance really to move up and, and be the six or seven. You know, every time you look up, the Nets are, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, they're always four games behind Cleveland, three games behind the Raptors. It never seems to budge. So uh, the Nets just can't seem to make up any ground. Had a couple of uh, bad losses last week. That loss to the Mavs is the kind you can't really afford when you're trying to make up ground. So uh, the Nets, you figure they'll be in the plane. They'll be in the 7-8. That'll be here in a couple weeks. Uh, but that's about it. That's about it. Islanders are off tonight. Rangers are off tonight. Only four any, uh, only yeah, only four NHL games. No local games. Uh, as we get ready here, we'll do some more baseball in the next coming weeks. Get you ready. You know, MVP, markets, rookie of the year. Uh, I'll tell you one I bet already, and that is Abrams for the Padres. Get that while you can because that guy is going to be really good. Tatis is out for the Padres. Uh, boy, can we get him off his motorcycle? My goodness, you're paying the guy. I, I know you can't control these guys off the field, and they're adults. They can do whatever they want, but you're paying the guy $300, $400 million. Can you get the guy off the motorcycle? I mean, and somebody asked him uh, about the motorcycle accident. If you guys didn't see this, he hurt himself in a motorcycle accident. I think it's wrist surgery, uh, and he's going to be out until like July. So somebody was asking him, you know, how scared were you with the accident? How hurt did you get? And he said, which accident? So which is not, not what you want to hear if you're the Padres, that this is, you know, kind of a regular thing. But Abrams, the shortstop uh, for the Padres, is going to compete here to be you know on the opening day roster, and that's somebody I would look at right now for rookie of the year. Um, looking up what he is at Bet River Sportsbook, twenty nine to one. Um, I would get that, and I would get that now. That is an interesting one. He's a hell of a player, lefty. He's got some pop, hits the ball the other way. He's a fun player. Going to be on a winning team. Going to get some opportunities to play. Uh, Abrams at twenty nine to one is uh, is one that's interesting. So that's it. We'll do more baseball, like I said, in the next coming weeks. This is a, it's a really good time of year because pretty soon it's going to be NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, baseball underway, NFL draft. So uh, March, this time of year, the first four days of the NCAA tournament is about as good as anything. But April's really good, too. Some of those nights when you have NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and baseball on, those, those are some of the best nights of the year. And, and you know, the NFL draft intersects with all of them so those i think late april april 26 27 something like that that's about as good as anything too because you got the draft baseball nba playoffs nhl playoffs that's one where you need a bunch of tv so we're coming down the stretch here towards uh the end of the mlb offseason like i said yankees have done nothing mets are going to be pretty good so got plenty of baseball to do in the next couple weeks we'll see you guys tomorrow thank you guys for listening this is the new york city cast presented by bet river sportsbook